0: We still need to be reminded of it, so that we never become complacent, thinking that everything is dory. Amen? Okay, even though you are sitting, we can go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you, we honor and adore you. We come in faith tonight, Almighty God, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith and of our salvation. Almighty God, without you we can do nothing. Lord Jesus, we ask in faith right now, Almighty Father, that you touch everyone that's gathered here tonight. Touch our hearts, touch our minds tonight, Almighty God. Help us, Almighty Father, to receive your engrafted words with meekness. Lord Jesus, we ask in faith, Almighty God, that you open our understanding. Help us to see the times that we are living in, Almighty God. Help us to understand, Almighty God, all the foes that are around us. Lord Jesus, help us to know our enemy, Almighty God. Oh, precious Savior, we ask in faith tonight, Lord, that you forgive us for every sin that we have committed. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord God. Help us, dear Father, to be holy as you are holy. Lord, we ask in faith tonight for your guidance and your direction as we study your words. For you have commanded us to study to show ourselves approval unto you, Lord. You have commanded us to search the scriptures, for in them we think we have life. Help us, Lord God, as we search your words tonight, that we may receive your engrafted words with meekness, and we may live by your words, as we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody say amen. Amen. See, I'm just getting right to the point, because I have a lot to say. I'm trying not to keep you too long, so I'm just going to get right to the point. Amen? Amen. Amen. The enemy... As a plan for your life. And that plan is to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. This is his plan. God calls us to be alert and be sober minded. Watching out for the schemes of the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's out there And he's looking for God's people. He's not looking for those that are on the outside. He's looking for God's people that are in his kingdom to step out so that he can get a hold of you. Amen? To avoid being devoured, we must be alert to the things that the devil wants to see in our lives. See, the devil can't do anything to you until he sees what's in your life, what's going on in you. What you're looking at, what you desire, that's when he'll, he'll try to devour you and destroy you. Things like doubting God. When the devil see that you doubt God, he can do things to you. So we have to be careful. In John chapter 20 and verse 27, the disciples shouted that they had seen Jesus raised from the grave. But Thomas' doubt kept him from believing in the miracle of salvation. Jesus appeared to Thomas and said, stop doubting and believe. You know, one of the things that got me to understand the word of God and to start growing in grace and in knowledge of the Lord is when he said to me that I need to believe on him as the scripture says. And then I started believing all the words of God. As the scripture says, I started looking at it, taking it at face value. I didn't doubt any of God's word. And then God started revealing all his truth to me. I took everything at face value. I hid his word in my heart. I said, this is what the word of God says. Well, this is how I'm going to do it. But then along the way, God started revealing all the truths to me. And I could get to understand his word more clearly. He said, if you believe in me, in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, He said, if you believe in me, as the Scripture have said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the Holy Ghost that He will give you so that you can understand His word. He's talking about the Holy Ghost that will help you, that will lead you and guide you into all truth. This is what we all desire this time. <clears throat> now, think about Noah. Noah believed the Lord. And this is why we are here today. If Noah didn't believe the Lord, he would have um, just gotten some cottonwood when God told him to use japa wood to build the ark. You just went out and got some cottonwood because it's softer. It's easier to cut. You would have built the ark with it, and where would we be today? We have to believe on the Lord as the Scripture said. <clears throat> when the devil tempts you to doubt God, don't let your circumstances determine your God. Let your God determine your circumstances. Amen? He wants you to live in fear. This is one of the things that the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to live in fear. This is the second one. The first one, the devil wants you to doubt. The second one is, the devil wants you to live in fear. The devil doesn't want, you, uh, doesn't want to rob us of our faith. He wants our faith... To be in everything but God. He's not trying to rob you of your faith. He just wants you to have your faith in everything else. Except God. Life in Christ is life lived. Our life in Christ is life not lived in fear. In Psalm 34 and verse 4. David says. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fear. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says, For God hath not given, given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. See, God take away that spirit of fear when he filled you with his spirit. The only fear that can come upon you is if the devil allows you to start believing things that are not true. And that's when that fear factor starts taking over your life. But God has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so that we don't have to fear anything. You don't even have to fear death. Somebody pointing a gun at your head, trust me, you can laugh at him. Because that gun cannot explode in his hand and hurt him more than hurt you. See, nothing can happen to a child of God, and we have to get to to understand this, that nothing can happen to a child of God unless God allows it. The scripture tells us clearly, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, if, if this is the case, whatever you face in life, you don't have to fear it. You don't have to worry about it. Scripture says, don't worry about anything. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. We don't have to fear a thing in this world. There's nothing for us to fear. Now the third thing, the devil wants us to feel insecure. But don't let the devil tell you that you are unloved or not good enough. Don't ever let the devil tell you that. You are good when it comes to serving God. You are good when it comes to your family. You are good in everything. When God created us, when God created everything in this world, He said, it is good. Everything is good. And we are gooder than good. (laughs) We are better than good. (laughs) Amen? Yeah. I mean, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were made in His image and in His likeness. What's better? There's nothing better than us right now. You are God's handwork. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, you see that? And in Christ, we are not only good enough, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. We find that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. The fourth thing is he wants to see us separated from the body. And this is what the devil does. You see, you watch um, some of those um, documentaries with lions chasing, I mean, their prey. They look for the one that's separated from the flock or separated from the herd. They look for the feeble ones. The devil wants us to separate ourselves from the body. And when we we are separated from the body, then he can attack and do what he wants to do with us. The more uninvolved with the body of Christ we are, the more involved with the world we will be. We have to be careful. We have to spend more time reading the Word of God, spend more time studying the Word of God, spend more time searching the Scriptures. Spend more time doing the things of God, doing God's will, if we want to make it. Because the devil wants us to just start getting relaxed, thinking on things that are not good, not, uh, not pure, and then he can start working on you. The devil wants to see you doing certain things, and then that's when he starts acting on you. So we have to be very careful. <clears throat> when we, as part of the body, just try to remember this, separate ourselves from the community, then we are the ones that are putting ourselves in trouble. If we step out of God's will at any time, we are going to be in trouble. Number five, He wants us to be led astray. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 5, we are warned to watch out for false prophets. You know, we watch TV We hear all kind of things on the radio. And sometimes these things sound so interesting. So they they start to, you know, captivate your thoughts. They start drawing you in. And you'll sit there and you'll listen to these things. And then, after a while, you want to go back to listening to these things. And the devil will use these little things to put thoughts into your mind that are contrary to the word of God. See? I mean, the enemy is very subtle. If we don't know our enemy, then we can be in serious trouble. We have to know his tricks. He's very cunning. They come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. You have many preachers today their own, their 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 thought about the the, the kingdom of God, is more uh, a, a business. It's more like a business they are doing. You have a lot of preachers today. They want to gather as many people as possible, and they'll do everything in their power. They say they'll say things. They study ways of saying things to draw people, to attract a crowd, and we have to be aware of this. You have many mega churches today that just don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if they don't if people don't if people are gathering with these people and the leaders say, Well, they don't believe in the Lord, th- that Jesus Christ is Lord and they're following him, where are they going? They're going same place where he's going. Because if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, then the scripture says you'll die in your sins. Amen? When we rely on the word of men or ourselves in place of God's word, we can lead others away from Jesus and be led away from His truth ourselves. We have to rely on the word of God. God has given us His word as a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Amen? God's word, they are quick, they are powerful, they are sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and of joints and marrow. And it's a discern of the thoughts and intent of the heart. The word of God has everything that you need. I mean, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I started reading the Bible. More than I ever read the Bible before. And I found the pages of the Bible start getting white. It's a vision that God gave me. All the pages kept getting white. I kept turning pages, and they were getting white. All the words from off the pages, they were coming up into my head. And it scared me. I closed the book. I opened the book, and the same thing started happening. I went to the middle of the Bible. And all, that, the, page, all the pages before, they were white. All the words kept going up into my head. And I closed the book, and it, you know, I was trembling for a while. I said, this, this is crazy. Because I looked there, and pages were white as can be. I said, what could this mean? I started thinking about it. I prayed about it. And a voice said to me, you need to know everything that's in that book. You need to know everything that's in that book. If you don't know it, you're in trouble. This is my law that I'm giving you. This is what you have to live by. And I never left my Bible one day. I have to read my Bible every day. I have to study the scriptures every day. To make sure that I get what God wants me to get. And that was my understanding of what I saw, that vision. Number six, the devil wants to see us fail. His main plan is to destroy us. He wants us to settle for what the world has given us and accept our lot in this life. This is what he wants. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter four, verse seven to ten, the New King James version says, But we of this treasure in earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Paul knew that the real treasure was Christ Jesus. And that he, Paul, was merely the vessel that carries it. When you are born again, you become this vessel that Christ lives in. The devil wants you to doubt all of this. The devil tells people that this is not for them. This is for those people way back there. But the scripture tells us plainly in Acts 2, 38, 39, that this promise is unto you and to your children and to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It is for us. It is for us today. We are the vessel with this earthen treasure, treasure, with this great treasure, the greatest treasure. We carry that treasure around. Christ inside of us. There's no more beautiful description of the Christian life than we have this treasure in earthen vessel. No greater description. When you feel like you're going to lose that art or lose faith or lose I mean that connection with the Lord Jesus Christ take heart Christ already won the battle for you and he is in you we need to hold on to this we need to have this confidence in us at all times Christ has already won this battle for you like soldiers we must be strong courageous disciplined and properly equipped in order to win in this war Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to withstand in the evil day. Stand against the wiles of the devil. We have to stand against the wiles of the devil by putting on this whole armor that God has given to us. We shut our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace so that wherever we go, We are declaring the good news. We are to be the epistles read of men wherever we go. We gird our loins with truth so that we speak truth at all times. The Bible says, lie not one to another. We have to speak truth at all times. And God's word, their spirit, and their truth. If you don't know God's word, you can't speak God's word to anybody. You put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect this new art that God has given to you. God has taken away that old stony heart and given to you a heart of flesh with his words written upon it. So we put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect this new heart. We put on the helmet of salvation to bring into captivity every thoughts to the obedience of Christ. We take up the shield of faith. For without, without faith, it's impossible to please God. When you take up the shield of faith, you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts that the enemy throw at you. We take up the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. As I said earlier, it's quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We have that sword at all times. The Word of God, hidden in your heart so that you might not sin against it. When you have done all, you don't need to run. You need to stand. Remember, there's no covering for the back. You look at the whole armor, there's no covering for your back. So you don't need to run away from the devil. You need to just stand. You need to stand because goodness and mercy is behind you. Don't worry about anything. Amen? If we are to succeed in the Christian life, we must understand the nature of our warfare. We must discard some faulty concepts associated with earthly warfare and replace them with spiritual concepts. First of all, our enemies are not other people, but the devil, the world, and the flesh. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This verse speaks of spiritual enemies, the devil, is evil angels, those are demons, and human power structures that are under his influence and control. The devil is the enemy of God. Indeed, his name, Satan, means adversary in Hebrew. Since God created us in his image and for his glory, Satan is also our adversary. Satan is our adversary. He seeks to destroy every single one of us. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 to 9, the New King James version says, Be sober, be vigilant, uh, be villi- vigilant. Thank you, brother. That's why you're here. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. I'm glad you're here tonight. (laughs) Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Amen? Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, Jesus Christ came to this world, he suffered, and he died for us. If we think that we're just going to come and, you know, enjoy the the company of angels and the company of saints in this world and not face some trials, we're making a big mistake. We're in the wrong place. God has allowed us to go through some trials and some testings to build us up. Tribulation, work at patience, patience, endurance, endurance, hope. Hope make it not a shame. We are going to go through some trials. We are going to face some things in life. But God used these things to strengthen us. Because of the devil's success in tempting Adam and Eve to sin in the Garden of Eden, the whole human race has fallen under the dominion of sin and is subject to devil's evil influence. Satan has been able to dominate this world to such an extent that a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And if someone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. As from James chapter 4, verse 4, 1 John chapter 2, and verse 15. In this context, world does not refer to people, but to the value system, the cultural customs, and the social structure of sinful humanity. Specifically, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, as we see in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. These terms point to an inward struggle as well. Not only are we tempted by the devil and by the sinful world around us, but we are assailed by sinful tendencies and desires stemming from our own Fallen nature. Which um, the Bible sometimes call the flesh. The carnal mind is enmity. Is that enmity? Or is the enemy of God? Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. As children of God, we have a new identity of holiness. But we still have the old desires. This old nature. This old sinful Nature residing in us, which is causing a conflict. As the apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 to 19, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not, for the good that I would I do not, but evil Which I would not that I do. A lot of people do this. I mean, sometimes some thoughts come into your mind. You wonder where these thoughts are coming from. Sometimes you get some dreams. And even when you wake up out of the dream, you try to go back to sleep to get back that dream. (laughs) Yep, yep. Yeah, you just you try hard to get back into that that mode, but you know what? It's gone. It was just for that time. But you know, even your sleep, thoughts come into your mind. That is why we have to be careful of the things that we think about, the things that we allow to enter into our mind. We have to be very, very careful. If there be any virtue in these things, these are the things that we should think on. Think on things that are lovely think on things that are of good report be careful of your, your your eyes little children be careful of your feet be careful where you go be careful of your hands we you have to be very very careful but by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit we can overcome the desires of the flesh and pursue a victorious godly life we can regulations chapter 5 verse 16 to 25, when you get a chance. And you will see the big picture of what Paul is saying. In Galatians 5 and verse 16 to 17, he says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Right here we see that it is only when we are walking in the Spirit that we can do the things that are well-pleasing to God. Now, my question is, how do we walk in the Spirit? First of all, you must be filled with the Spirit. can't walk in the Spirit if you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you. Proverbs chapter three and verse five to six New King James Version says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now if we are trusting in the Lord in everything that we do, in everything that we are do, we are doing, we acknowledge the Lord. He's gonna direct us, He's gonna lead us. There are times that we might be doing things that you think that, okay, you know what? I'm not sure, but this is something that I have to do. You go to the Lord. Ask Him for guidance. And He's going to direct you. He's going to lead you through that situation that you're facing. You're facing a a valley. You're facing all kind of terrible things happening. But God is going to take you through it. You don't have to worry. Because He promised that if you acknowledge Him in everything that you're doing, He's going to guide you through it. Amen? when people of the world oppose the church or even when people in the church rise up against the work of God we must remember that they are not our enemies they are not our enemies your brothers your sisters they are not your enemy the devil is your enemy we cannot realistically um, we, we cannot retaliate you cannot retaliate against the child of God. Sometimes God allows a child of God, his, his own children, to come to you just to help you to get to a place that He wants you to go. They might say something that you do not, do not understand and you might start taking it the wrong way. But just remember who you are. And remember what we learned earlier. You can't get angry with your brother. You must love your brother, no matter what happens. He comes to you with something that you feel like, Okay, this is not right. This is going to cause a conflict or something like that. You still have to show love to your brother. God could be leading that brother to get you out of a situation that you're going to go through down the road and you don't even realize it. We need to analyze things before we jump to a conclusion. Most things, most times people today, their, their, their greatest joy is to jump to conclusion. And they jump to the wrong conclusion most times. But if you trust in the Lord, ask God for His directions, His guidance, you will see the great outcome. <clears throat> Instead, we must recognize that they have been deceived by the devil sometimes. We have to also recognize that people, even our own brothers and sisters, because they're not walking in the Spirit, as we are walking in the Spirit, they could be deceived by the enemy. We have to remember that also. The devil can tempt any one of us. But when you're walking in the Spirit, you're able to overcome his temptations. Amen? Amen. Even as we oppose their evil actions, we must show love and compassion towards them, praying and working for their deliverance. If your brother comes and you realize now that this is not of God, this is of the devil, and again, we have to know our enemy. We have to know how God works. If you understand the word of God, if you have the word of God in your, in your heart, I mean, something happens, you go to the Lord in prayer, God is going to reveal it to you. And if it's an enemy, if it's somebody that's really going to oppose you, or somebody that the devil sends to you, even if it's your brother, God can reveal it to you also. But that enemy or that brother, you still have to love that brother. See, God does not desire any to be destroyed. God desires everyone to come to repentance. Now your brother that is trying to cause a conflict or something like that, he was not walking in the spirit and because he was not walking in the spirit, the devil could use him. Just like the devil can use a person that's walking in the spirit to take you out of a situation. The devil will be using that one to get you deeper into a situation but God can use same brother or another brother to take you out of a situation. And we have to understand this. In Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 24-26 Paul says The servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taking them captive by, uh, taking them captive by him at his will. So you see what I'm saying? The child of God can get into a situation, but we must still love that person. We must still teach them. We must still pray for them because the devil can cause them or take them captive And, and use them against you to oppose you. Secondly, our warfare and its weapons are not physical, but spiritual. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 5, Paul says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For our weapons, are for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every eye thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As I said before, when you put on the whole armor, you have all this. God has given, given us everything that we need to protect us, we don't need to worry about anything. Once you're a child of God, you're covered. Once you continue to walk in the Spirit, you are covered. It doesn't matter what you're facing in this world. You are covered. This passage emphasizes that we cannot expect to win our spiritual battle with weapons of the flesh. It is obvious that a sword, gun, and even nuclear weapons cannot destroy sin. We cannot expect any earthly war To vanquish evil in our world or in our lives. Instead, the only hope of the world is a spiritual battle to change the arts and lives of people. That's the only thing that can change the arts and lives of people in this world. As a church, our commission is to wage spiritual warfare by preaching the the whole gospel to the whole world. Converting souls and making them... Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our mission. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, and he left unto us this mission. The ministry of reconciliation. This is what he has left unto us. You know, many Christians today think that, okay, I'm here, I'm just going to wait until the rapture or whatever. But God has called you as Pastor Wayne always says, if God wanted you to be taken out of this world right away, you would have been taken out when you were just born again. This, was, this is not God's plan. God's plan is for you to go through this process. This process of growing in grace and in knowledge of Him and helping someone else to grow in grace and in the knowledge of Him. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> the tactics of the world and the flesh cannot enable us to defeat our adversaries. For example, James one 19-20 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Sometimes we get hungry about certain things, but it's not going to help. It's not going to do anything. God wants us to be at peace at all times. You get hungry and your heart rate go up and you die. You die in sin. (laughs) Yeah, because you you didn't obey the word of God. So we have to be careful. We have to be so careful. Sometimes we are tempted to implement our own understanding of God's will by carnal means of manipulations, threat, slander, political maneuvering, authoritarianism, legalism, and so on and so forth. We try all kind of things to, you know, do what we feel like doing, and think it's right. But if you're being guided by the Spirit of God, you will do what the Word of God says. Amen? Scripture tells us that God's Word, their Spirit, and their life, the entrance of God's Word giveth light. God has given us His Word as a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. So the more of God's Word we take in, the more light we have to see to go through the situations that we face in this world. Amen? We may think that the key to revival lies in entertainment, enticing words of man's wisdom, as First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4 says, but these methods will never produce the righteousness of God. You know, as I said earlier, you have some mega churches today. They have all kinds of enticing words. That they are using to draw people. I mean, they they, they are the ravenous wolves that are trying to capture God's people. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful who we listen to. The things that we see, the things that we do, the places that we go. You know, um, I don't remember who that pastor was. but he, He says, well, where you're planted, there's where you should bloom. You know? Sometimes God put you at a place, and you think that okay, I don't feel this comfortable right here. I might, I want to move over to there, and you keep up skipping and jumping from here, there, and to everywhere. And what what do you call them? Church hoppers, yeah. And yeah, and they said a rolling stone gathers no moss. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to settle. We need to settle where God placed us so that we can learn and we can grow. See, God gives us pastors after his own heart. So if God leads you to a place where he wants you to grow, that's where he wants you to grow. He's not expecting you to be rolling all over the place. We must rely on God's word, the spirit of God, and the power of love To overcome all obstacles so that we can accomplish God's purpose in spite of um, others to believe and disobey God. In spite of others who try to cause us to disobey God, we must rely on the power of God. We must rely on the Spirit of God. We must rely on the Word of God if we want to live and be faithful to God. We must battle against imaginations, thoughts, arguments, reasoning, and every I thing that, um, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We must resist these things. We must take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, the true battleground is the human heart. That's where the biggest battle is. It's in our heart. We must conquer um, pride, rebellion, lust, and other evil attitudes within our own hearts and impose the spiritual discipline of the Word of God. You know, it, it breaks my heart sometimes to see people who have been living for God for many years. They just do what they feel like doing. Because the world is doing it. What does the Bible say? Wide is that road that leads to destruction. People people tend to follow what the crowd says. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And few are they that find it. You have people that have been living for God for many, many years. And the things that you see them do today makes you wonder. Honestly, it makes you wonder. And it breaks my heart to see that. We have to be so careful. We have to be careful that we don't get in the trap of, that the devil is laying for God's people. The scripture tells, that, tells us, oh, well, it, this is my, um, my translation, that there's construction going on in hell. There's construction going on. Yeah. Scripture says, hell has enlarged their mouth. So, there's some construction going on there. Why is this happening? Because there are so many people that are being caught into this net right now that will be cast into hell. And death and hell will be cast into the lake that burns with fire forever. Here is a partial statement of the methods and goals of this battle found in Ephesians chapter one, chapter four, verse one to three and 31 verse 32. Paul counsels us, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. We need to walk worthy of this vocation wherewith we are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. As an example, when Paul urged the Corinthian church to show forgiveness towards A sinning member who has repented, he gives us this reason in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, which reads, Let, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We should never ever be ignorant of Satan's plan, of Satan's devices. We should always be aware that the devil is trying to trip us. He's trying to get us into his net. We should be always aware of his devices. In other words, an unforgiving spirit opens the door for Satan to attack us. It could become a stronghold of evil in our minds and in our fellowship that would block us from receiving the victory that God has in store for us. So we have to be very careful. We have to be on guard every day. I want you to remember this at all times. Try to remember this. If you give Satan an inch, he's going to take a foot and become a ruler in your life. You give him just a hinge, he's going to take a foot and he's going to become a ruler in your life. So we have to be very careful. We can't give him any opportunity. As Brother Wayne says, you, uh, you're, you're tempted, you're going through something, and somebody says, "Well, yeah, look at you, look at you, look at what you're doing on there, trying to get you into something else." You, I mean, they're saying, "Well, okay, you claim that you're a Christian, but look at what you're doing right now. You can go ahead and do this too. Now, you're you're putting on more load than what you can bear right now." you're, you're going to have to now repent of the one you're going through plus the one you're getting into and all the others that you're going down the line to get into. You know, people that lie, they have to have the best memory. <laughs> now, if, 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 if you're a liar, if you are a liar, you have to have the best memory. Because you're going to have to Be able to defend that first lie that you told. And you're going to have to tell more lies to cover the lie that you just told. And you're going to have to keep on lying all the way down the line. So if you don't have a good memory, you're going to get caught. So, (laughs) that's not saying that people with good memory should lie. Okay? (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) lying is a sin. (laughs) But I'm telling you, and there's no one... With that great memory that can keep lying and never get caught. They're always going to get caught. Whatever is done in the dark, it's going to come out in the light. Amen? Amen. We cannot earn victory by our abilities. But we must recognize that Jesus Christ has already won victory at Calvary. And apply His victory to our lives. When Jesus died on the cross, He paid the price for our sins and um satisfied the just requirement that, uh, of God's holy law. When Jesus rose from the dead, he won victory over sin, death, and the devil. So, if we believe on him and obey his gospel, we share in that victory. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 to 15, in New King James Version says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. So what Jesus did for us, he has delivered us from the bondage that we have been going through from, from your born until your, wherever you are right now. God has delivered us from this bondage. Through his death, he has delivered us from this bondage. And he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind so that we can do the things that he requires of us. Um, In Rome, when one of its generals won a significant battle, they would conduct a great victory procession called a triumph. The general would um, strip his defeated foes of their emblems and arms parade them through the streets of the city bounded in humiliation at the climax of the celebration the victor would put his foot on the head of the defeated leader as he bowed to the ground all the people could see that the enemy that they had feared has been reduced to helpless captivity This is what God did in Christ when he made provision for our sins on the cross and defeated Satan's scheme against us. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 15, we learn that Satan has already been defeated. Satan the devil has no grounds to condemn the child of God and he has no power to force the child of God to do anything. He has no power at all to do that. For this reason, James chapter 4 and verse 7 gives instruction, saying, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, some people just say, well, I can resist the devil because I'm a child of God. I can resist the devil. As I said earlier, the devil can attack a child of God and cause a child of God to do things that they shouldn't be doing. The reason that this happens is because they're not submitting themselves to God. The first thing that we need to do is to submit ourselves to God and resist the devil. You can't resist the devil without your being submitted in submission to God. You can't. It's impossible. Satan can still tempt us as long as we are in this life. If we listen to him, he still has the uh, the ability to to deceive us. He can attack and even oppress us for a time, but he cannot possess or destroy us. For as 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Therefore, we need not fear the devil. We have God living inside of us. And if we are submitted to him, we have great power. We have power to overcome the devil in anything. We must be aware of him and his, t- his tactics. But we need not be preoccupied with him. You know, sometimes people get preoccupied with the devil. Everything, oh, the devil did this. Oh, I hit my toe with the devil again. <laughs> Giving the devil the glory. But this, we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be preoccupied with the devil. We have power over the devil. Mm-hmm. He can um, He can bluff us with a frightening roar. But when we call his bluff in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he can do nothing more against us. He can hold the bluff, but he has no power over us. In short, we do not need to focus on the various formulas, strategies, and techniques of spiritual warfare in an attempt to outmaneuver the devil. We don't need to make up anything. We don't need to go around trying to figure out ways of defeating the enemy he has already been defeated all we need to do is submit ourselves to God he said we must apply the victory that Christ has already won for us his blood that gives us strength from day to day the blood will never ever fade away the blood of Jesus was shed for us his blood will never fade away we can depend on this blood for our covering for our protection in everything that is why the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 6 verse 14 to 18 counsels us to put on the spiritual armor of truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, and the word of God, and be fervent in prayer. These are the weapons by which we apply Christ's victory to our lives. Call Satan's bluff and defeat his tactics. While we recognize that Satan has powerful forces at His command, the key to victory does not lie in our having extensive knowledge of these foes. You don't need to really do a whole lot of studying and all that about the devil and all these fallen angels and all that kind of stuff. What we need to do is study the Word of God. God's Word has so much power in it. Rather, we, um, as we draw close to God, in prayer, trust in him and consecrate ourselves to his service, he sets in motion what is necessary to thwart the devil's effort. In Daniel chapter 10 verse 10 to 14, we are told that Daniel prayed but did not receive an immediate answer because of supernatural opposition from the prince of the kingdom of Persia. So how did Daniel prevail against this um? formidable, formidable uh, spiritual op- opposition. God sent an angelic messenger to answer Daniel's prayer and also dispatched the archangel Michael to defeat the prince of Persia. Daniel was not even aware of the exact nature of the opposition and he was not able to develop a special strategy in response. But he simply continued to pray, trust God, and live a consecrated life until the answer came. This is what we have to do. We have to trust in the Lord at all times, acknowledge the Lord in all our ways, and He's going to take care of us, no matter what the situation is. Likewise, the apostles faced much spiritual opposition as they carried the gospel throughout the ancient world and established. New churches. We are going to face all kind of battles. Doing God's will. And if we are not careful. Then we will allow the devil. To stop us from doing what God wants us to do. Finally. To be victorious. We must stand firm in the faith. And pray continually in the spirit. Great scriptural passage. This great scriptural passage. On warfare and uh, Spiritual armor, Ephesians chapter six, ten to 17, admonishes us to be strong in the Lord, to stand against the wiles of the devil, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. As I said earlier, there's no covering for your back. But goodness and mercy will be following you all the days of your life, if you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways. In the final analysis, no one can fight In our place. Nobody can fight in our place. The spiritual battle we fight involves a responsibility on our part to put on the spiritual protection that God has provided for us. We can and will resist the enemy's attempt to deceive us, accuse and cast doubt when we stand firm against him. Being honest with God ourselves And our brothers, by responding to the truth that God shows to us about His will for our life, is very important. We have to be honest with one another. We have to speak truth one to another at all times. We have to be honest with the Word of God and know that it's God's Word that we are going to live by and guide us. We must stand firm on the victory that Christ has won for us. We must take a personal stand on doctrinal truth holiness of life, and personal consecration. Then having done all, continue to stand. However, do not stand in your own ability. At the end of the discussion of spiritual warfare, we read and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. Again, in closing. <laughs> With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. We are victorious only as long as we depend upon the saving work of Jesus Christ. Only as long as we trust in Him. Plead His blood. Call upon His name. Follow His word. And rely upon the power of the Spirit. As we stand We must continue to pray and be yielded to the Holy Spirit. By God's grace, we will be victorious. Amen. Any questions? Any comments? Say it again. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome, brother. Any comment, Brother Scarlet? How about you, Brother Henry? We still have time, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's all stand.